0: are Locked On Trailblazers. Your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a December 1st, our first December edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I am your host, Eric Garcia-Gunderson, writer at LeBronWire.com, former Blazer beat writer, and your host here of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. The Blazers had a game last night. It did not go well. After their 4-1 road trip, their first game at home was a tough one, and they made a, a valiant comeback attempt in the fourth quarter, but by that time, the Bucks had done enough to put the game away, almost in a, a switching of roles from their game against the New York Knicks, where the Knicks kind of made a, a little bit of a flurry at the end when Portland had dominated for three quarters. And the final score was 103-91. Yusuf Nurkic had a nice game, 25 points, 11 rebounds, three steals, one block. Probably should have had another one, but he had a rough night taking care of the ball like many of the Blazers did. 19 turnovers for Portland, which led to 29 bucks points. And I hate distilling you know, games into one stat sometimes, but you look at basically every other stat in this game, other than the three-point shooting, which and the field goal shooting, which obviously is very important as well, uh, so just consistent defense from the Bucks, but really those turnovers. The Bucks' offense isn't very good, and so when they're able to get those turnovers, yeah, you know, they don't they they're working on their offense right now, and, and when they were able to get those turns, or when they're able to get those easy baskets. And and Giannis doesn't have to work to get into the paint, which you know he work is you know a relative term for Giannis, but you know what I mean. And and it's not quite as easy against a set defense. And the Bucks got in transition, and and when Giannis gets in transition, when the Bucks get in transition, they're really hard to stop. And uh, Portland gave away way too many free points in this game. A lot of steals on post entry passes. The length of the Bucks I think was just really hard for the Blazers to adjust to. And I think maybe they could have been a little tired, a little, you know, I it wasn't necessary. they had time after the road trip, but jet lag, lots of travel stuff. Maybe they were caught off guard a little bit by the Bucks length and also it's a different Bucks team than they faced earlier in the season. But no matter what, they just didn't play well. They didn't they they didn't deserve to win this game and uh they got dominated. They like I said they they had a nice comeback attempt. Nurkic had a, a sweet block on Giannis in the the final three minutes, but ultimately it didn't. They they called it a foul, led to free throws. The game was getting a little bit tighter at that point. And and maybe if that call goes the other way, Portland gets a three on the other end. Then you're talking about maybe really making the Bucks nervous. But it never got to that point really. Uh, and and I think with about a minute left, Stotts took out the 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 key guys, and 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 kind of called the game at that point. But uh, the Bucks defense as a whole did a really great job of disrupting Portland on the offensive end. And they really deserve credit. I think the length that every position just really made it difficult for the blazers to get any type of rhythm. And it was it was just that kind of night for the blazers. They their offense really struggled to get going. and that's not just the turnovers., uh, Damon CJ. Dame had 18 points, 7 assists, 7 rebounds, but was 7 of 16 from the field. C.J. McCollum had 15 points, 5 assists, 6 rebounds, but 7 of 20 from the field. So not a great night from the two guys that take most of Portland's shots, which if you're not going to get a great night from Dame and C.J., usually means you're not going to have a great night for the Blazers uh, as, as they are. So that... Uh, is not really surprising when you think they had a bad game and they weren't able to really recover. They did better in the second half. I think at halftime, Dame and CJ combined for 10 points. So that was how tough the game was uh, for them offensively. They just couldn't get anything to go. Portland had trouble taking care of the ball. And uh, they didn't get any help from really anybody else. Al Camino actually played pretty well in the time he played but Mo Harkless playing only five minutes Pat Connaughton who had been awesome for the past couple of games two of seven from the field over two from three four points in just 16 minutes of action so Aminu back that helps he he he, it's good for the defense he he does a lot of great things uh but Unfortunately, Portland didn't have any offensive help. There was no no help for Damon C.J. really in the first half. And, and Nurkic had a nice game. I thought played well, but he had trouble taking care of the ball, just like all the Blazers. And that ended up really hurting them at the end of the game when they make a run, they're back in the game, they give themselves some some. A chance to get in there but the the deficit is just too much for them to overcome that really was what happened for Portland tonight the 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 lead got too big they were down by 15 at halftime and they just continuously they they just weren't up to the task on uh Thursday night against a really talented Milwaukee Bucks team so you know uh not a loss that that you would have wanted for portland obviously being a home game but the bucks uh maybe could be getting into a groove they had a nice blowout win in sacramento the other night and and maybe maybe they're getting into a groove who knows uh they've been trying to get used to things with eric bledsoe at the helm and another thing is bledsoe plays Damian Lillard pretty well I think it's a really it's a good matchup for Dame and I don't think that Dame's numbers had to do with just Bledsoe but I think when you add that in to what the Bucks already have which is tons of length tons of talent on the defensive end that can really disrupt you turn you over uh that and that's their goal trap get you know get steals get in transition they want to cover everything on the court and that has been the source of a lot of controversy in Milwaukee because some people think that their defensive approach should be a little bit more conservative but nights like last night you see why they go for it because their length causes so many problems for everybody that it's really hard to to get going when uh they're in your face like that and they were in Portland's face. And now that you have Bledsoe at the point of attack guarding Dame, you know, that's as good of a guy as you could have guarding Damian Lillard at this point in his career. And Bledsoe will give it back on the other end. So he's making Dame work on top of the fact that he's making life hard for him. So uh, Bledsoe's a, a really good matchup. I think he was a big reason why, you know, for a, a while there, Portland had trouble against Phoenix was because Bledsoe was so good. Bledsoe was such a pest, such a versatile defensive player, but just a bulldog all day long. And he'll also has the offensive talent to go right back at you. You know, that is a tough matchup for any point guard in the league. And I think it's an especially good matchup for Damian Lillard. And and, uh, I, I think that played a part in Dame not having as good of a night. Bledsoe, on the other hand, 25 points, 4 assists, 10 of 17 from the field. So, solid game from Eric Bledsoe. And then a lot of times they're running Chris Middleton out there at the two guard. And, and and sometimes the Blazers would get switched on him, whether it be Dame or CJ. And Middleton has a great height advantage, you know. He, he can just shoot over uh, those two guys. And he had a really nice night. 26 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists. He was feeling it, hit some big shots uh, throughout the game that really kept Portland out of it. He was the game's leading scorer with 26 points. So the Blazers fall to 13 and nine, still in the middle of the pack in the Western Conference at fifth. But uh, a win that they probably would have liked to have, given the fact that they were at home, start of a four-game road, a uh, four-game homestand. Excuse me, and a four game homestand that they're going to have before they go on the road for the most of the rest of the month. So uh, unfortunate for Portland that they weren't able to cash in on that opportunity. And uh, I guess the other story that came out of last night's loss to the Milwaukee Bucks, which, you know, was not obviously you never want to lose like that, but, Uh, One of the things that happened uh, last night that kind of became a story afterwards was Yusuf Nurkic standing up for Myers Leonard. Um, And Leonard airballed uh, a three-pointer in the third quarter when the Blazers were trailing by a lot. Stotts decided to go with Myers against uh, Thornton Maker so that there would be another seven-footer out there and they could, at least the way my brain is thinking and usually the way Stotts deploys Myers is that he can draw an opposing center out of the paint and 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 get him away from there because he's a a three-point shooting threat and uh he airballed the three got booed and according to Jason Quick he was not even prompted by talking about Myers he went out of his way to say it and he said it's tough when you have fans who boo Myers for no reason If they boo him, boo everybody. Don't boo the guy who just missed a shot. It's not good. We don't look good overall. I missed a shot. Dame missed a shot. Everybody missed a shot. I think he does not deserve to be booed for no reason. So basically, Nurkic's point is everybody on the Blazers played that crap last night, which is mostly true. I mean, the turnovers, the sloppy play, that was awful. And that's the big reason why they lost is they were unable to take care of the ball. And so to agree with Nurkic here that that Myers doesn't, necessar- Myers doesn't need to be singled out when the team plays like crap. Everybody on the team played like crap. So to single Myers out is a little whack. And I guess I'm going di- to, I'm going to, I'm going to dive into my take on this after talking about Nurk, My biggest gripe with the Myers thing at this point is it's just not, it's not funny anymore. It, it, it's like a meme that has reached the point of overuse. You know, it, it is, I've, I've, I've gotten the comedy at times for sure. Uh, of making you know making light of him and making light of his struggles and saying this and that, but at the same time, it's just not funny anymore. You know, he he is Myers Leonard. He Myers is who he is, and you don't have to. I how how has the the booing and all the stuff that has been happening around Myers. I I would like to zoom out and say, has that actually helped him? Has that actually gotten him to the place where you? want him to be, probably not, and you know, I'm. this is just my take, you can have whatever you want to say about Myers Leonard, I'm not going to stop you, because this is a free country, and you can say whatever you want, but for me, it's just tired, It, it it's no longer interesting, funny, there's no, there's no, there's nothing interesting, fun, cool, anything about it for me it, it it is it has reached a point where it's not original it is it's tired keep asking about myers leonard it's like i don't want to talk about why just we know who he is and if he surprises us let that happen but just the constant harping and yelling and abuse and and booing just let it go of course you know like just i uh, I don't yeah it's been frustrating and yeah it's frustrating that they signed him for you know especially if you're looking at the cap sheet and all these things which you know not our money it's Paul Allen's money so who cares and I just think it's I, I'm just kind of tired of it is really where I'm at with it is it, it's not the sense that uh, it's not trying to question what things he can bring to the table or talking about how much better he can get. I I don't, I'm not interested in having that conversation anymore and I don't think it helps things or brings the conversation to uh, a new place when people just boo him like that. And it's like, you know, uh, I don't know if it's helped and I, I don't necessarily think it has. And listen, you know, you can have your feelings, whatever, but I just don't, it's not funny anymore. That's the thing. This is like the the joke has been played out for me. And, and that's kind of where I've landed on the Myers situation is that he's an NBA player. He's on, he's on the Blazers. He's going to play sometimes against teams that have seven footers. He's going to play sometimes. And that is what I thought was going to happen before the season. I thought Myers was going to have some moments here and there. He, I'm sure he's going to play against the Pelicans in the next game. Mark it down. He's going to play against the Pelicans next game. So have fun booing, I guess. But just – he's going to play sometimes. So either get over it or or just, you know, figure out a new meme with the Blazers. Like figure out a new guy to get on that hasn't played well. You know, like I, I just I – just, that's kind of where I'm at with it. I mean Myers, he struggled – and airball a three. He's also a three-point shooter, which as a three-point shooter, you're going to miss three-pointers. I mean, I've been covering the Cavs all season long. J.R. Smith, one of the most prolific three-point shooters in history, was shooting 20% for the first 10 games of the season. So it happens when your game is derived from shooting three-pointers that you're going to miss a lot more often than if you were to shoot on the inside. But the value of those three-point shots is worth more than a mid-range post-up. And so that is a function of the modern game. And so that's the other thing with it is like, I don't want to keep explaining Myers Leonard missing shots to people. He's a three-point shooter. It's his sixth year in the league. This is what he does. This is how he got another contract because he can shoot. And sometimes he's going to miss. And so... That is the other action, uh, the other angle of the Myers situation that I'm also tired of explaining, is that it doesn't, you know, that's just a function of what he does on the court. He's a three-point shooting center. That's what he does. And sometimes he's going to miss more than he makes, because that's generally how it goes for three-point shooters. So, I think it's unoriginal. I think it's a little tired. And... That's mostly why I'm tired of it. You know, Myers can handle it. You know, Myers is going to be fine. I don't think it's it's worrying about him as much. I'm more doing it for selfish reasons for me. I just, I just, I'm just tired of it, man. This is like, this is just tired of talking about it in this way, in this, in this, you know, whoa woe is the Blazers, woe is the cap sheet way. I, I don't care anymore. And, and it's, and I'm just like, I'm tired of it. It really is just – it's it's more for me. So thank you for, for, for hearing my diatribe on why I'm tired of talking about Myers Leonard. And it was also nice to see Nurkic stand up for him because I feel like a lot of times uh, – actually, not a lot of times. I just think when Nurkic got here, I think obviously the immediate reaction for us is to kind of pit them against each other because they play the same position. And Nurkic does so many of the things that – A lot of fans wish Myers could do and so you know that becomes its own storyline but again pointing to the culture which I talked about at the end of the last episode with regards to Mo Harkless kind of being there as a supportive figure for Pat Connaughton you know here we have another example of guys that play the same position guys that are in different parts of the depth chart looking out for each other and I think that that's Partially, what Nurk, I think that's what Nurk did here, and I, I think, even though the Blazers lost, it, it, it was again a nice testament to their culture that everybody on the team has each other's backs, even in a really tough spot where everyone get where they got their butts handed to them by the Bucks at home, that they seem to be still growing together, and I think that's a really nice sign for the future of this team. Whatever that, you know, future holds and the immediate future for the Blazers involves a game Saturday night at the Moda Center against the New Orleans Pelicans, who are surprisingly solid this season. They're in the playoff mix right now. They're above 500. So that should be a tough matchup this time. Anthony Davis probably won't get hurt uh, because he got hurt last time and had to leave the game early. But Davis and Cousins should be a, a really fun matchup for the for for people. Maybe we see some Myers and Nurk time together on the court against that really big lineup. Uh, also, we could see Noah Vonleh out there against against Anthony Davis. I think would be a, a, a candidate to guard him as well. So New Orleans on Saturday night, 7 p.m. at the Moda Center. A game with playoff implications because uh, New Orleans looks like they're kind of in the mix here for one of those nice, for one of those good, not playing the Warriors seeds. So uh, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Blazers. Please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, wherever you can get a podcast. We're there. Leave us a five star review. Tell your friends, and we will be back with you after. Saturday's game against the New Orleans pelicans until Saturday